Okay, welcome everybody to a series of ANDS, a show about entrepreneurial women in Africa. On this podcast, we celebrate tastemakers in business who are continually innovating, empowering those around them, and slaying in style. Um, why? Because we are all more than one thing. Habari, my name is Binja, hailing from the green heart of Africa, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And I'm so excited to have you here. With me is my co-host, my girl, Patience. And we would like to welcome you to our podcast. That's why it's your girl, Patience, a.k.a. Tiny, hailing from the Lone Star Republic of Liberia, located in the beautiful West Africa. Uh, okay, okay. So today we have with us Kagonya Awori. Actually, let me let me reintroduce her. Doctor, please, because she not go to school for these things. Doctor Kagonya Awori, um, who has over ten years' experience um, in the fields that we are going to talk about. And let me just break down, just education-wise, give you a small introduction because. When I met her, I was blown away. And I believe by the end of this podcast, you will too. We do not overhype anybody because we come with receipts. And so does my girl. She has a PhD in computer engineering from the University of Melbourne. She has a master's in human computer interaction from the Carnegie Mellon University, a bachelor's in business information technology. All of these from four different continents. So I want to welcome y'all to an experience because Dr. Kagonya is literally somebody that I believe not only embodies who an African woman is, but also embodies what African excellence looks like. So Kagonya, welcome. Please give us a 30 second elevator pitch story. If somebody met you in the elevator and said, whom are you? How would you introduce yourself, girl? First, thank you very, very much. Uh, my complete pleasure to be with you here today. Um, Kagonya, uh, yeah, Dr. Kagonya. I, to, to describe myself, I think it depends on who I'm meeting and my kind of mm -hmm. day. But I would say that I'm, a very, I'm very passionate about the content. Mm -hmm. That's something that you'll realize with me in the first 10 minutes of talking to me. I believe in the African continent, I believe that we can definitely create new things. Um, and for me, who's in tech, new things in tech. I'm very thrilled every day by the beauty of our people, the beauty of our lands, the beauty of our languages, our style, our culture. And I am a daughter of the continent. Um, apart from that, I love to meet new people, have new experiences, to travel. And um, nowadays I've adopted cooking as a new oh, hobby. Okay. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> cooking, I call it cooking and R and B. Oh. So I like to relax okay. while I'm and listening to R and B. So um, yeah, that's 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 me in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. So I, I'm loving that you said cooking as a hobby, not cooking because see me, I am African woman. Our job is to cook as women. I didn't see that in anybody's job description or gender description. So I appreciate you actually saying that it's something you do for pleasure, not out of obligation. All right. All right, P, take it away. Can you tell us, let's take it, let's take it back to the beginning, to the very, very beginning. 
how was life for you at five year old, like growing up back home? And can you tell us where what where is back home for you? Yes, so I'm from Kenya. You know, I have my Kenyan wristband that everybody needs to get, man. Like we're taking over the world with this Maasai. Oh wristband. damn! Yes, so I'm from <laughs> yes. So yeah, so I was um, born and raised in Kenya. Um, we uh, we're family of five. We're three kids. As a five-year-old, I I could say I was quite sure of myself. Um, I have a niece right now who is quite similar to me. So she's my eldest niece. She's seven. And honestly, when I look at her, I'm like, this was me at that age. So I was quite curious, um, quite, uh, I was actually in love with STEM from that age. Like I love math. I loved English. So I love math and languages. I loved, I, I, I liked school. I really liked school. I, I didn't find it difficult to be honest. I just found it like, you know, something you have to do because you, when your parents drop you there, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So as a five-year-old, I have to say, I was, I, was just, I was just enjoying my life. One of the funniest moments though, is that um, I remember I was in a school play mm -hmm. and they cast me as the door. Guys, I was a door. Like my role was to stand there with my arm out. <laughs> Imagine, I was so, Yanni, when I think of going into, you know, like acting, I'm like, no, I started from so far, guys. I cannot, I cannot. So that's why I'm just going to stick to it. Wow. <laughs> Not a door. I, I feel, I feel disrespected for five-year-olds. you like, how dare they? <laughs> yeah. I was so shocked. I'm like, weird. That's the only thing I can do wow. act as wow. a door. Um, and then I think another memory, another early memory I have, um, was uh so I was in awarding an exam right at a test probably I was five or six or seven and then um, it was a maths test and then I noticed like one of my classmates kept on looking onto my paper to copy mm. and I was you know this straight and narrow you know mm -hmm. very you know you not copying exams so what bright Kagonia did I went and I rubbed all my correct answers and then I put in the wrong ones and then I pushed it to the peak and copy the wrong answers. And I was so proud of myself. <laughs> but this is where end of thinking capacity reached. I forgot now to rub them and return them back to the right answer. See, when my results come in. <laughs> see, see how God be, see how God be working. <laughs> <laughs> my results come back in and then um my dad checks my my math exam and he's like so why did you get like 90 i mean let me say let's mm -hmm. get 100 so and i'm like dad i tried to do this and got and he laughed like i i, I vividly remember how much he laughed he's like this girl like he clearly cannot be a calm person like how did i miss the last step <laughs> so yeah i was trying to be quite smart and and yeah that you know sweet my daddy boy so uh, <laughs> From that point, I feel like I already know the answer to this. When we move into your teenage years, right? <laughs> teenage years, the people who who know you or people who knew you back then that you know you from your family, your relatives, your friends, um, what like what did they anticipate like your future life would be? Oh, I'm gonna call myself a boring prediction because <laughs> I think when I was younger it was quite it I I I guess I was quite um I was a very obedient child, number one. <laughs> you know, so uh, and and in, I I didn't mind going to school. Although in, I mean, for for me, I can't say that I loved school. I loved the fun I'd have with my friends at school. 
right so primary school to me was school to meet my friends to hang out to play games you know just to have a great time then of course you have to go to class so really that was that was my approach to going through a lot of my education um at least younger younger and then but then throughout i've been a prefect since you know i was five wow. so i was always not made to class guys so it's like guys like it was it got tiring though that it really gets boring um so by the time i was in high school now you know the prime teenagers mm. then i went to boarding school it's very common in kenya for um you know i read for families take their kids to boarding school it's an it's a very common thing so i went to a girls boarding school i must say i didn't really like it um because my primary school experience i think was one of my most fun wait where did you go for primary school, school i'm still here in nairobi um it's a school called makini um and to date i still have very hello good friends alumni hello alumni <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh, I, I did. I did. Yeah, I went. I did. That's why I was like, "What is going on?" Wait a minute, Kadoya. Wait a minute. 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 We, you know we're shining we're shining so I, i think that it was quite makini i'll describe it like a high school you know it's a primary school but with high school characteristics 100%. i mean there's a lot going on 100 there's a lot going on in that school but it set me up for life and you know not be so naive mm. with life mm. right so i have to stay at that time as a teenager body school i mean you can't really do much I mean, the worst you can do is like not make your bed and you get a fan. Right. I mean, it's a body. Like really, <laughs> you know, you can't really do much. Then during the holidays, um, I wasn't really a crazy person because now in high school, that's when I decided to be more Christian. So I was very Christian. So again, just an easy kid, like never brought my parents stress or anything. Now when I finished high school and I turned 18, um, my parents were like, okay, now you're 18, you can do whatever you want. And so now I was like, well, now I gotta discover the world afresh. She said, oh, I'm out of high school and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I used to party a lot. I used to just do a lot. I, I used to do a mm-hmm. lot. But still, I would never, I never let that um, mess with, you know, my main stuff. Like, whether it's the, whether it's going to work or whether it's um, doing my, whatever commitments I had, I, I just, I, I was still able to, I guess that, initial upbringing you know kind of that primary foundation that was set so well even in an older age um whatever i did never really um dissuaded from my initial goals so yeah so i was still a responsible fun loving teenager uh, and and young adult um and that that has carried through had it has carried through quite a bit okay so then you go off and now you're done with with this life um and it's funny that you say like you were always like an obedient child because i feel like i was the same th- like the same way when i got to university like my mom literally was like okay now you're you're your own person you can do your own things and yeah, do yeah, my own do things i did 10 piercings 15 tattoos later yes i, sh- I, I sure did exercise my freedom yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about your bachelor's right because you you stayed in kenya for university was that always the plan of just kind of staying in kenya or was it step one of many in in terms of like the grand scheme of plans that you have uh, i have to say number one thing i was i was just terrified 
about going into university so i'd had so many bad stories i mean yeah whoever was telling me these stories i don't know like they're like oh when you go to university you're gonna be you know fresh meat and all these like men from like okay are gonna come at you and i'm like oh my goodness so I like I cannot first I was terrified about that. So I, I told my I'm not gonna go to public university. Secondly, I was like, why the hell am I taking my 80, 19 or you know, 19, 20 year old self to well, 18, whatever year I started uni, as in why am I taking myself out of the country? I don't even know myself. So I was very aware at that time that I do not have enough I do not have enough of experience on this planet for me to be comfortable to leave leave a familiar place. And become an adult so that's a decision i made i know very many people leave and study abroad for from whatever age even at 16 that's very okay i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that for me where i saw myself and where i saw that i needed to um i guess be more equipped in life before i actually throw myself into the world i was like there's no way i'm gonna do my first degree outside kenya i was like no staying at familiar ground my parents are here my brothers are here like i ain't moving my friends are here so i didn't want to leave um and also it was gonna be hella expensive and at the time um there was no way like it's like unless i get a full scholarship or something i was i didn't want to stress my parents to paying those heavy heavy fees like say going to the us or whatever so nah with those points i was just like nah i, I want to do my first degree here so yeah, so I went to Strathmore University, a dignified high school. I can't say I liked it for that social aspect of it. But in terms of um, the friends I made there, really cool. Uh, what we learned in class, it set me up a bit for, you know, being more in tech. Well, that was really, really interested in tech. Uh, but also it made me, I guess, I guess one of the biggest things of Strathmore is it's very orderly and, 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 organized and it has a very high quality in terms of how things should be run and i really appreciate that about our uni but in terms of a fun university after after class like <laughs> it was, it was fun. You know, i used to hang out with guys from other universities mm -hmm. like you know usiu even university of nairobi was much more fun and i mean it's always really fun um nazarene they start anywhere else apart from my own uni like we had to look for fun in other avenues so again you can see the fun element here it's it's a theme i used to go to school for fun <laughs> school was this kind of the class thing was kind of like secondary like i'm out there from primary school man <laughs> just like i'm here to socialize to have a great time and then this whole class thing i have to do it because it comes with you know comes to the program and there are a few things i like few things i like so i never really took myself serious i didn't really take i think it just comes it, I, I didn't really think about studying until um my master's <laughs> like, let, let me let me let me say something it's 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 people it's people like it is people like Kagonya because me myself, I can tell you, I study for every exam. From when I was five years old, we study for everything. And Kagoya said, I finally got serious. Master, this bitch was out here coasting for 12 years. No, it wasn't. When the rest of us no, were sweating. I was also studying hard. I was also studying hard. But you see, when you, when you begin to realize that what you're studying can have an influence or impact in life, that came later. Mm, no, I used to study okay, at night. Okay. I used to wake up early or 
you know, yeah. whatever it, it took, be attentive in class and all those things. But I mean, like in uni, I I, I didn't do that much. I, did, I didn't push myself to because I was like, look, I got to uni because um, uh, it's a private uni and I passed the interview mm-hmm. and the school fees mm-hmm. was paid. So what did those grades I worked so hard for right, in high school? Right, right, right. No. I was like, why did I work so hard to get this A and whatever? So what I said, I just to chill, have a good time. It's only one semester I had to prove to myself I'm smart. <laughs> so I really worked hard. And then, you know, and I got like an A average in that semester. I'm like, okay, good. Phew. I still got brains in there. <laughs> then I just continued like, what, wait, what classes were those? <laughs> what classes were those where you had to prove yourself in? Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah, okay, okay. It was just one semester. It was one semester. Because I was getting, I was getting, you know, kind of Bs and stuff. I'm like, I'm comfortable with my right. I'm like, wait a minute. There must be some big brain in this brain. <laughs> she said, she said, I'm pretty sure I was an A student. I'm pretty sure. I know. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I was an A student. You know, like, okay, fine. Let me do hard this semester. Then after that, I'm like, now after I prove myself, I'm like, ah, you know what? Back to right, the right, right. Let me just, right. you know, let me just continue. <laughs> I think then I was like, oh, this whole education thing, you know, what is it for? And you go to class and half the stuff doesn't, you know, it doesn't really see how, it doesn't demonstrate that it's going to be applicable mm-hmm. in right. your life or in the life mm-hmm. update. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it, it's an age, you know, the early 20s, the end of your teens, it's an age where your self-discovery is quite yeah. important, mm-hmm. right? This discovery outside a class. Yeah. Yeah. So I focused a lot on that, mm. a whole lot on that. I love how you said, um, I mean, I think for me, it's it's a, it's a balance. You seem to strike a very great balance between yeah. your academic background and also like your social, your social life. And I think that's, it's so important to make mm. you more grounded, rooted, and also have sort of an outlet, whatever that creative outlet looks like for you. Um, and, I th- and I think that influences sort of your, your performance as well, like, you know, in, in your academics. Um, and I love the fact you're like, oh, one semester, all these years, you know, I was just doing my scene. And then once, just only one semester, I had to prove to myself that I was smart. And then in my head, it's ringing like, oh my gosh, all my life I had to fight. Like, you know, oh. <laughs> He just leaves some of us like he just said, you know what? You go get half. This other one go get full. <laughs> you, know? you go it's get like, what you go get. You know, it's ration. <laughs> He's just be rationing the brain, like you know. <laughs> so, no so I, I like I like the fact that you know you chose you know from high school. I think it was such a smart idea, you know, to say you know what. I'm fully aware that I don't have that much life experience under my belt to go into a new milieu and tackle that. And so it's, it makes more sense for me to be grounded, you know, That's maturity, home, right. And go to school and get that experience mm-hmm. so that it can, you know, give me the, the tools that I need. Should I decide to transition out of the country, you know, to advance my, my uh, academics. So I know from the university in um, your uni in Nairobi or in Kenya, you transitioned to yes. Carnegie in the States. How was that transition yep. like and how was sort of that culture shock? So um, so how I got into Carnegie Mellon and HCI is quite an interesting tale. So um, I finished my um, bachelor's, get into a job. Then uh, my second job actually after uni, I, I wanted to work for a tech company, right? So I went for an interview and then um, 
the company is called Dot Savvy, and it it was it, they used to build software and uh, software for um, other companies. So then I go into the interview, and then um, the boss at the time tells me, "Oh, by the way, the role we have right now is an information architect." And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck that is, but I'm not. And it's like, so you really want to take the job? I'm like, of course. So from day one, I was trying to figure out what job right. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was on my, like, I used to come to work, you know, spend a lot of time on Google, join all the communities I knew. I'm like, you know, you know, as in Information Architect Association, spend a lot of time on forums, reading, like really trying to get to understand what on earth is expected of me. Then, of course, learning from um, my colleagues at work, like, because, you know, with, with an information architect, you inter intersect a lot with programmers, like software developers, sorry, and designers, right? So, it, so it was kind of, you know, getting there and like, so, Lamek, what do you expect me to provide you at <laughs> right, this point? Right, yeah, then I, right. Tell me what, tell me how I, I can make your life easier. Well, you give me all the answers, <laughs> exactly. please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, that's what you mean. Okay, I'll get it to you right. tomorrow. So that I that really really helped. Then I realized I loved it because one of the main things I liked about that role and what I noticed is that you can actually tailor a technology to work for the users, right? I can make an app work for a specific set of users a website work for a specific set of users. Given the sheer fact we are from a continent that's always often, or not always, but often seen as, you know, the dark continent, third world, and all these, you know, poor continents, all these words that are completely subjugative and, you know, they're meant to reduce us. I thought, isn't this then the avenue by which we can design technology for us, mm. the forgotten ones? And so I then saw this information architect, where does it sit within? So then I found out it's um, it's a role or it's a you know domain within human computer interactions. Ah, That's the umbrella, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So HCI covers user interface design, user experience design. So UX mm -hmm, is the mm -hmm. term that um, is very popular in industry. Information architecture, um, service designer. There are a bunch of roles under human computer interaction. Uh -huh. And really, as the name suggests, it's building. You're either, um, you're understanding people so that you can know how to build technology to serve their needs. And now with the advent of um, large language models, e.g. ChatGPT mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. AI, it's even now understanding how AI works so that now you can see how it can interact with gotcha. humans. So it's really making the interaction between humans and computers much, much better. And it's a combination of computer engineering, design, and a lot of sociology, social sciences. So I borrow a lot and I love having conversations with sociologists, psychologists, cognitive scientists, um, anthropologists, you know, people who really think about cultures and people because it's the nexus of the So anyway, so I found out it's under HCI, right? So back to my job at Dotsavi. Then I literally went on to Google and I Googled the best school in the world to do my HCI. God. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm all about getting the best well, in my life. Because <laughs> you deserve. Let's be very clear. You deserve. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, best school in the world to do HCI. And Carnegie Mellon popped up. And I'm like, dear Jesus, I want to go to this university. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, and I applied. I did a bunch of, uh, I did the SATs. Actually, my, no, GREs, sorry. Because when you're going for a master's at that time, you do GREs. Mm -hmm. 
I did I studied half of the Jerry's. Um my first I did the, the first Jerry. I didn't even find that um the score pretty mm-hmm. high. I did a second mm-hmm. one and I even got lower. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Right. But <laughs> but somehow um it was good enough, you know. Um my scores are good enough and I think my passion I think bore through my personal statements and all. So anyway, I got into hate uh Carnegie Mellon. Um, I studied that, and it, I have never worked so hard in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> so here yeah, I work hard. That. I work hard. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> where, where, where? Welcome. I worked our entire <laughs> life. <laughs> We've been doing working hard in this in this schooling. <laughs> so, let me tell you guys. I mean, going to a school like Carnegie Mellon, and I believe where you're meeting brilliant minds, passionate people. I mean, it's it's beautiful at the same time yeah whoa man i came back home when my dad came back from the airport he almost cried like i'd lost so much weight (laughs) i lost so much he looked at me like what did you do to what did i do to my daughter but i enjoyed it was one of my most amazing experiences honestly is being at cmu and then now really realizing that what you're studying has an impact you know, it can have an impact on technologies that we build, on the people that use it. I mean, that connection was stellar. I love even the staff, you know, whether it's our lecturers or support staff, very encouraging. Oh, and and um, I was, I'm actually the first African, you know, to join that program. That's wild. Right? Yeah. Ooh, so it was I got goosebumps. <laughs> I got goosebumps. Can we take a pause real quick? A pause real quick. I just want to give a moment of African girl magic applause right now. Audience, please, Congregation Saints members, like, I mean, our yes. ancestors right now and our it's foremothers are just ah. happy wherever they are in the great beyond. So yes. I just want to take a second and just, just, you know, just highlight this African girl magic. So then at which point in this journey did you say, okay, so now Carnegie Mellon has given me you know something else in my backpack because how i usually see education is you go to university to learn how to learn right you're 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 pretty much given a backpack when you come into this world and all we're doing in life is adding different skill sets tools to the backpack so we can pull it out as as need be as life challenges as work requires as relationships demand right and so how did you come to the point to say, okay, so I've gotten this additional degree, right? I have my master's now in human computer interaction. And I think I want a little bit more. Or did you work and then decide you wanted to do a little bit more? How, how did that decision to, to now elevate to the PhD level come about? Yeah, so I think it was a series of um, events, if I should put it that way. So then when I finished, um, I decided now to come back to Kenya because I wanted to work on the continent. Then I think um, even as I was finishing, I had a conversation with a lecturer and he was like, Kagonya, you do know that you might as well just go into a PhD. Like, you know, you're very passionate. Um, it, it's it, he, he just had a very good heart to heart conversation with me. The project that I was doing at the time, I really wanted to push it forward. I'd published papers at the time and he was like, you already have two pub- publications in very top tier um, con- HCI conferences. Mm-hmm. Girl, just why don't you just mm-hmm. think right. about it? Um, so he planted that mm-hmm. seed, yeah. right? 
I wasn't even looking for a job. I got this job um, the, when I came to Kenya, the job that I got. I got it because uh, I reached out to someone that had um, seen her profile online because I wanted to ask her about the PhD experience and she was studying in South Africa. I wanted to study on the mm -hmm. continent. So I thought, you know, so that's a good place. So we had a conversation and she's like, oh, are you doing nothing? I'm like, yeah, I'm just chilling. Like, okay, here, come come on Monday. Here's a job for you. And I ended up being a consultant for a Google project. Yeah. So it wait was, a minute. Ah, I ah, actually ah, to ah, Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> slowly, slowly, slowly. You just can't say that I was a consultant for a Google project. And you just, hey, this is not the podcast where you are humble. This is not the humble. And this is a series of ands. I am the baddest bitch podcast. That's what this is. Um, <laughs> Ma'am, did you say then you just casually became a consultant for Google? But I, I think I think two things here. One is you were open, right? The opportunity was there and you were available, right? Because I think that's what success is. Opportunity and available of availability of whatever it is you need to put your hands towards, right? But you need to break this down for us. So you were consultant at Google, at a Google project, like what, what, what? Yes, so at the time, so um, in fact, the friend is Dr. Shiko Gitao, um, really awesome, awesome lady. Um, she's done so much and she's done so well. So she she was working at Google at the time and also partnering with iHub. iHub is is one of, was one of the first um, network no co working uh -huh. spaces that also had its own company behind okay. it. So then I was literally going to meet her for coffee. Mm -hmm. Like I'm out there looking like a tourist. <laughs> and then we had a conversation and then she's like are you really so what do you have to I'm like oh i'm just chilling i'm just trying to figure out what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. she's like okay come and get on this project so i met my, my colleagues and i mean my soon to become colleagues and that's how i started mm -hmm. on it and i stayed with i have for about a year okay right mm -hmm. so in kenya i actually stayed with i have for about a year and that was a tremendous experience mm -hmm. got to meet so many amazing kenyans actually even africans because i have became this central place mm -hmm. for um startups for techies for enthusiasts need to socialize mm -hmm. i mean i have was such an amazing place mm -hmm. um at that time and there are so many beautiful outcrops of i have to this mm -hmm. day um and, ju and so just then, for so everybody i have i have is it, it was literally the first design lab in east africa dedicated to user experience just when she's saying i have exactly. like it was the first that she was one of the founders of this pioneering venture. So that's incredible. That's yeah. absolutely incredible. So I was part of founding the UX lab. So the UX lab was part of IHAB. Um, I was one of the founding people of the, of, of the UX lab. So I was doing more of the, um, we had a business person and you could see I was the, the technical person, you know, because of my master's in API. And so we worked together and we set up the UX lab and it was wonderful. Um, and so with that, then I was still applying for, 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 for my PhD program, because again, I saw this space where, you know, so before for HITSA, getting to it, I seeing an opportunity where we can design technologies for Africans. Now I begin to realize that there's such little knowledge about this continent and what we can yeah. do in the spaces that, that I was traveling to. So I go to a conference, I present a paper, a lot of the papers on African tech or Africans <clears throat> was first of all the very few second of all those papers are usually by um say europeans coming to do a three-month yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i was like man we are continent of like a billion people and none of us can really i mean right we can't get to this ask the question i mean ask come the on, question mm -hmm. you know yeah. so i said you know i want to be part of that community that's creating knowledge and creating technology and creating um 
paradigms and 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 you know theories and models that are based on the continent so that was quite the shift now towards my phd and yeah i applied i applied actually um i i always go for this like best uni in the world mm-hmm. so i think that i decided to go to australia yeah. so the reasons i was gonna go to australia i was like let me try australia it's a country i'd not been to at the time and um i said i'm going to australia cool now where in australia am i going and then um I, I, the first uni I, I got into, I think the supervisor moved to us like, okay, I'm going to go to and ended up at the University of Melbourne, which again, really superb university. I love my supervisors. They were very great support. And I think, yeah, I'll just, I'll just throw in the role of mm-hmm. men in, in helping women get into mm-hmm. spaces. Both my supervisors are men, um, white men, you know. So I think sometimes everything bad is thrown to white men, but I have to say that white men as allies mm-hmm. is the strongest mm-hmm. thing. Uh, my supervisors, especially my main supervisor, enabled me to get, you know, he supported me and pushed me and enabled me to get an internship at Microsoft Research when I was still doing my PhD. And that has led, you know, has informed or contributed to me getting my role here. Ah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, that, that support, that, you know, getting that support has been really, really critical. My PhD was entirely about Africa. He allowed me to do it. You know, had he been anyone else, it'd have been like, "Why are you coming to Australia to study?" Right. I mean, what? Right. Nothing. Full support. Um, sometimes we would discuss, being kind of like really uh, engaging and very philosophical discussions. <laughs> like, Hagonia, like, why are you always putting this whole colonial yeah, lens? Right. And I'm like, Let's do then they're like, "Okay, fine." Then you sharpen it in this. Mm. Gotcha. So you see that kind of lead, like uh, mentorship and leadership really gave me confidence because sometimes you feel um shy or unsure of yourself when you're in an, a room full of people who don't look like you and you're out there being like yeah so this is based on a study we did in a village in Kenya. oh my god you know? <laughs> you know you're like these guys don't even give they up really don't know. and and maybe some of them start falling asleep mm-hmm. you can literally see their eyes mm-hmm. closing because they're like why are we listening mm. to a study done by some you know they, they have this picture of the country yeah. but get having that confidence and having a um a cohort of researchers who are just backing mm-hmm. me up and, and 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 you know pushing me forward I, that was really really helpful so that that's how i got into the phd program and i loved it your academic background is just you know black girl magic african ma- girl magic all, all of it because this is just like i said before it's above my pay grade so me i'm just out here just <laughs> just learning you know, I, I, you know I, I, this this was such a, 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 a amazing accomplishment and I can't wait to see more women especially African women enter this space yeah but you know, did you know audience well you don't know but I'm about to tell you right now tell you me. know right let's tell them you know like Dr. Kalia is literally the 10 women in Africa who have the strong, the strongest background and seasoned professional in human computer interaction. Yeah. Which in itself, <laughs> that is like, please, this is about dropping mics, bro, dropping mics right now. Like 10 women. That's and insane. we have, this, we have this dynamic. I mean, this is not tro- a trailblazer. I don't know what it is. Like we have this woman that is under 40 under 40 and she's literally like i would like to say you know one of the like the front the front liners 
you know, driving the continent's like scientific like excellence. Um, I would like to, you know, cause see, you know, we, we, we flex in this space. This is the space for, you know, our women to flex and we've been, we've been flexation, you know, in this desert, like the way our good sis, I want her name, Mary J. Blanche likes to say, right? And so, <laughs> and so now this is the session, the session one of, you know, go to is the secure the bag talk. We are not about to let these people know how we secure the bag. We talk our shit and we stay 10 toes down. Ten so toes. We wanna, right? 10 toes. We want to understand. Now, how did Microsoft come into this equation? And within your new, you know, your role and what, and what that, what does that role like entail? Wow. So, um, so when, when I, so when I finished in Aussie, mm -hmm. um, I had the opportunity to come back to Kenya because again, the same, uh, now I can call her a friend, uh, Dr. Shiko mm -hmm. Kitao, the one who gave me that job at IHUB mm -hmm. that literally after a coffee conversation, cause I mean, she looked me up and she saw that. You know i'm legit and you know i can get the work mm -hmm. done and she was i did a good job as i said when i show up i show mm -hmm. up right i'm not going to show up and do nonsense. i'd rather not show up if i'm going to do nothing yep. um so then um so we did that we did a couple of or a bit of work together then when i was in australia she's like girl i'm moving back to kenya i'm joining this great company um i want you to come in and i want to, i would like if you my team I'm like, I'm, that's when you my PhD. I'm just, you know, trying to get into the industry in Australia. I'd plan to come to, to Kenya or Africa in general, but I didn't think it would be that mm -hmm, soon, mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, she, we talked and talked and talked and then um, eventually did the interview and everything and I got in. So, so I was brought back, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, I was headhunted more or less and, and brought back to Kenya and I worked for Safaricom, which was oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I worked there for three years. Yeah, and Safaricom is, is it's best known for and PESA, the product, the mobile money product. Um, and, and I think that's what globally it's known for. It's, it's one of the first in the world to really push um, the usage of mobile money and demonstrate how commercially successful and viable that is. So anyway, so now while there, mm, there are a bit of, um, I think I wanted more. I wanted more when I was at Safaricom. And when I heard that Microsoft is coming, you know, setting up shop in, in, in Nairobi, I was like, hey, there's no way. I am not joining. You this. must chop my money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there is no way. And this is another thing, right? You know, sometimes you can, you can have stuff in your bag, mm -hmm. but the role of people, like I know for sure my next job will be because of networks. Mm -hmm. It's not just your CV just sitting over yeah. there, right? It's because of these sessions. Yeah talking to people, yes. you know, having to hear about them, having a yeah. coffee, spending time, yeah. you know, it is literally recommendations yeah. of people who have, I have worked with, spoken with, even, even if it's a small project mm. or whatever, mm. it is not only what is on your CV that's going to give you Absolutely. back off. And that's something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially people like us who are raised, you know, on education, education, education. No, it's not just education or your experience. It's really, um, also how you get to know people. So anyway, so man, I was I was like stalking people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> talk your talk. Talk your talk. I was like, hi, how are you doing? So I heard blah 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 blah. And I mean, okay, I wasn't a stalker, but I did send like a couple of two, three emails to two particular people that I will not mm -hmm. mention. And so in the I like the confessions, <laughs> 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 we, 
sis, we just said talk your talk. This is a safe space. Okay? Exactly. Us, us and the millions no. of people who are going to listen to this podcast right. understand that this is a safe space. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> I know. But you see, the thing is, I knew that, you know, I can be brilliant, but I'm not the only one, yeah. guys. There's so many Come on, how the humility. Come so on. I need to stand out. So I'm like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? You know, I exist over here. Okay? Anyway, again, because of the internship that I'd, I'd, I'd done an internship at Microsoft Cambridge, so I knew a bunch of people in Microsoft anyway. So I was like, okay. Ever. In fact, I t- another thing, and uh, here I'll say, see God. I Before, like in 20, maybe it was in 2012, like this was way before. Mm. Probably that's up that my bachelor's. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd heard, I'd, I'd been told that, um, no, it can't be 2012 because Twitter was around. Anyway, whatever year it was, I'll check it later. Um, there, was, there was a discussion on Twitter, and then the problem was going to be addressed by the headquarters, the East, Middle East, and Africa headquarters in Europe. Then I'm like, y'all, a whole continent is going to be headquartered in Europe. I mean, first of all, we're bunched. So I wrote to Microsoft. I'm like, hey, Microsoft, if ever you need someone to lead your Africa team, mm-hmm. I'm here. Hey. So this happened a long time Dang. ago. I had forgotten about so pre just for context, pre-PhD, pre-masters. Like yes, pre-PhD, wow. pre-masters. Wow. Because like, wow. Why why is it? Yeah, I'm like, I'm here. They never replied to my tweet. In fact, now I should tell them that. <laughs> Because you, you got the receipts, you can copy that ish and send all, send all. Exactly. It'll be such a, you know, a funny look mm. back, right? Um, but then now, you know, the way life happened and then I did my internship at Cambridge and then now Microsoft Research Cambridge, then now I came, I was like wondering, is that something going to happen here? Something's going to happen here. I'm working for Safaricom at the time. Then I had a rumor, so I followed it up. I was still chill, chill, chill. It's not, uh, you know, just just let's hope and pray so they're like lord i hope i hope i hope you know um this is gonna Mm -hmm. happen so when the research institute was opened here when that happened i was like i have to apply Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna put my best Mm -hmm. forward i'm going to apply whatever they need i'm here you know and so i took that very very seriously i reached out to my former um, supervisor during my internship i'm like i really want to apply for this role even my former phd supervisor Mm -hmm. Like, I really want to apply for this role. Just set me up mm-hmm. for, for success. So again, you, you know, leaning on the people that you have. And that's how I got into Microsoft. So it was, it was not only because, I mean, I knew that I had the skills and the experience and everything that they, was needed. But still, sometimes, you know, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Still, oh, enough. many times. You still have many times. People. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. You can't just sit and say, I've done so well in life. Mm-hmm. No. Really just talk to people and just really care about people. Actually be truly interested in people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to be extroverted. Like, I'm an extroverted introvert, actually, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, my, my mom is pushed us to talk and talk. I, I, I really have to become an extrovert. <laughs> um, extroverted. Like, I'm an extroverted in, introvert or an ambivert. Yeah. But, you know, it's... And, but, I, you know, I, I would then, you know, focus my energy and say, okay, this time around, I have to do this and I have to go for this um tech tech meetup or blah 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 mm-hmm. you know so at least i can get to know the community and I, I can get to at least get to know what's going mm-hmm. on so i'd say back back your stuff up you know work hard and everything but um sometimes you have to do just a little bit more yeah just a little bit more to get noticed and make sure you have your stuff yeah because I, I i get approached by people who ask me for opportunities and i'm like my mm-hmm. god dude i mean you can't even spell HCI. How can I? How can I give you a role here? 
I mean, like how? Are you how taking notes? No, no, no. We are some applying, but our lot small degrees. You know, we need to understand what all of these words means. Okay. First of all, patience. Put you some know, respect like... on my name. I have no small degrees. Second of all. The spelling is ever present. Did you not hear <laughs> me and Tagonia had the same start at McKinney? My friend, I'm the one doing this interview. Me and the small person, please put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> <laughs> Tagonia, I think I think something you touch on there is 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 like more of the hiring process, right? So you're a senior, you're more in an executive role at, at Microsoft, right? And so my question then is, how are you hiring for the team that you lead, right? Because yes, we can call out the, the spelling mistakes and that's like the really dumb stuff that you needed to have had like 15 people look at your resume before you hit send on. But how then are you bringing people onto your team and this team that you're leading? Um, maybe we take a step back. What are you currently working on? Let's start there. What are you currently working on? And then if you're working with a team, like how, how are you building this team? And how how is it being a woman, you know, in this role, doing what you're doing, building this team? How does that impact you? Because there's a lot of intersectionality here. There is a lot of intersectionality. So first, I'm not leading the mm -hmm. team. Um, we are a very small team of eight. Mm. Uh, my boss my is the director of MARI, so Microsoft Africa Research Institute. Mm -hmm. I love MARI because our research is focused on Africa, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we believe that we can with knowledge and we can build technologies for Africa, but can scale to the mm -hmm. world, right? Because when you solve a problem, you know, the global south is quite similar in many mm -hmm. ways. So what, what can work really well here? Uh, we can hypothesize that can work really, really well in Latin America, in China, in India. Mm -hmm. Etc. So anyway, so I in my team, I'm an individual contributor. That means I don't need uh -huh. to okay. okay. an individual contributor. Mm -hmm. Um it, it's a it's an interesting role to play because at Safaricom I was leading a team of about eight mm -hmm. people. Um then now I've moved to an IC role and I was happy to take an I, I wanted to take an IC role because I wanted to focus the good thing with an IC role, like you really have to focus on what you're contributing. Mm -hmm. It's not about managing people, it's about like doing a lot of yeah. work, yeah. right? So I didn't want, I didn't want people management necessarily. In the future, I might, but now I wanted to really push, like push the envelope mm -hmm. and do a lot of contribution about Africa, mm -hmm. right? Especially because we're a small, small team. We're only eight people in this Mari team. Mm -hmm. Um. So now when it comes to, but I do hire, I do hire interns, mm -hmm. right? Occasionally. I mean, in fact, right now I'm looking for uh, an intern in human computer interaction. So if you're if you're currently doing your masters or doing your um, you're doing your PhD and you want to do an internship for six months at Microsoft, please please apply. Just go to LinkedIn or you know if you if you just search for Microsoft ADC, mm -hmm. I'm sure the role will pop mm -hmm. up. Um, so um, just apply for the role. And I'm looking for people who have a background. I mean, who have studied or are studying human computer interaction or even the social sciences. Mm -hmm. I greatly admire guys who are doing anthropology, sociology, mm. um, cognitive science, mm -hmm. you know, because the way they think is a bit, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so how how we navigate. So our team is is um, actually there are only two males in our team. No, there are three. Mm -hmm. So we're five female, three male. Oh, um, okay. A really good mix. Mm -hmm. Very, yeah, mm -hmm. it's quite, I love that we are uh, more female than male. 
it's, it becomes it, it's it's just working with the team right I, I don't think sometimes some you know some problems with work are not necessarily because of gender mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a lot of attitude a bigger problem you can find some really terrible attitudes yeah. so I, I don't think i would say that i'm i'm quite deliberate in trying to work with you know different people in different capacities and just respecting them for um not only what they bring to the table but who right they are. right so i think that's that i'm really very i'm trying to be very conscious and deliberate about mm, that yeah. and also just trying to also one thing I know that I have in myself that I've been doing for long, and I think that's why I still have very many people who are in who are in my team here at Safaricom who we still hang out with and great friends, um, is because I will help you find your gem and I'll push you towards it, right? I will like if I see it, I'll be like, hey, tiny, you're amazing mm. in this, push harder, mm. right? And I'll push you. I will push you. It can be a subtle push. It can be a huge push, but the thing that I like to do, and it just comes automatically, whether it's for my friends or like for um, people I work with, I'll be like, you know what, you're really good at that. And I think you can push the envelope a bit harder. Like I'm sure you can push that envelope. So I like to see and find this, everyone has this great attribute attribute in them or many attributes mm-hmm. in them. And I just like people finding, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, excellent. I love it. I just love people doing well. Yeah. I think there's enough, I don't have a scarcity mentality, mm, yeah. right? There's enough for all. There's enough yes. for us. I've, I've met people who have scarcity mentalities and it's so annoying mm-hmm. because I'm like, dude, you know, we, we don't have to compete. Like, we really mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, there's enough for us, right? There's enough. We can be doing the same exact thing, exact thing to yeah. the end, but there's enough for the two of us or the three of us or the ten yeah. of us. So I just like, I like it when people are winning and shining in their own light, in their own element. And sometimes all it takes is just me spending half an hour chatting with them or an hour chatting with them and to remind them, you know, all I'm doing is reminding them of how awesome right, they are. Right, really, that's what I'm right. doing. Right. I'm, I'm pulling up a mirror and saying, this is, this is you. And this that's, is how that's, awesome that's a, that's a real men- mentor mentee relationship as it should be, or even like a real friendship, mm-hmm. right? They're supposed to be holding mm-hmm. up. We're supposed to be holding up mirrors to each other. That's kind of what we're doing on this podcast right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's what you guys are doing for me but. <laughs> no but so what are you actually working on at the moment I'm, I'm leading the research on small and medium businesses so I'm we're looking into how, how what, what does it what is the future of mm-hmm. work for SMBs in Africa so how do we build technologies mm-hmm. yeah modern technologies that can enable businesses in Africa mm-hmm. to achieve more right it could be higher profits it could be mm-hmm. um you know um higher efficiencies how do we build or how do we improve our existing microsoft technologies mm. or build from new technologies mm. for smbs so they can do more. wow and i focus on africa um yeah so it's quite exciting so i'm leading i'm leading that at, at, at mari and it's it's pretty cool we're working on a prototype right now we can't really talk about it but we're we are we're seeing such great opportunities um you know focusing on the fact that we are multilingual so we're we're improving the knowledge around how to build multilingual language models right. um we're contributing to how to design our technology so that they can fit into how we work mm-hmm. on the continent mm-hmm. for example we are largely um uh you know in how we we, we relate to, we have social and transactions are Apple. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you do business, there's so many social aspects yes. to it. In other words, something like Amazon will not work as well as selling on Instagram. 
right? Because Instagram is social commerce, Amazon is purely e-commerce. So these differences for the continent are, are really huge and they're paving the way for how we can build technologies for the continent. So I, I, my role here is to do um, research. So I do a lot of research trying to understand businesses. And then now I inform the design of how we can tweak our existing technologies or build new technologies for, for this for this upset of the world <laughs> okay first of all that is incredibly fascinating now i have a very strong bias because currently based in kinshasa and as a you know bilingual being anglophone and francophone woman um, i've lived in most of my life in bilingual countries now at this stage in my life i run two businesses in a francophone country this is very fascinating to me because I, I, having moved here, can see a huge disparity in terms of technology availability between literally Anglophone countries and Francophone countries. Even as you see companies, Western companies coming into the continent, you will see the progression always starts in Anglophone countries. And I understand like, okay, language barrier is less, but the level of effort to penetrate also very low because you'll see a nigeria kenya south africa wave and then you'll see they're gonna pick the senegal and say oh that's our 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 model uh francophone country and then it's like congo i mean the congo which has like the highest the largest number of french-speaking folks but you look at like technology penetration in a country like the congo my god i can't even tell you what those numbers are point something maybe one you know because outside of our phones which is supposed to be like a mini computer at this point in what you're studying i would love to know in terms of applications in a francophone setting because again i i'm not i'm not throwing rocks even though the rocks have already been thrown i'm not throwing rocks at at, at big tech firms but all i'm trying to understand is like as you guys are moving forward, it would be really interesting to know how um, applicability applies in like the different settings. Because me, I can tell you, even Netflix, we can call names. Well, they can't find me. They start, they started, they did the Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya pathway. And then the rest of us are just like, wow, hi guys, you know, we still have literally like 50 million people on this kind, like in this country. Anybody checking for us? You know, for me to, I, I use the Microsoft Suite proudly. Um, and I'll tell you that to even make a purchase here in a Francophone country, it's like jumping through hoops. I'm like, it is the most basic of things that I need to do. I would like to renew this and not have my Boston address tied to my account. It's like, it's like I'm speaking Chinese to the, to the specific um, system that I'm working off of. So I would throw that as a small business owner. <laughs> as you are doing a small business I research <laughs> I, I i i hear you i hear you benja i hear you and, and and you've touched on issues uh you know you're right it's um it's true um big tech has not been able to i guess expand initiatives beyond the countries where it's easier to start mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. So you talked about a very low internet penetration. That's sometimes outside the control of 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 anyone who wants to do better for the for for the particular country. At the same time, um, there are initiatives. In fact, I was just looking up Airband, for example. Um, Airband is a program um, run by Microsoft, pa partnering with um, a couple of companies, 
And I believe, yes, they are going to deepen their work in the Democratic Republic of Congo um, to when it comes to the end. Okay. So this was announced last mm-hmm. year. So you see, they, there's still some work going on. Um, it, and we, we hope for the best. We hope for the best. But indeed, I mean, like, DRC to me is, is quite fascinating. So um, it's it's hopefully by the more, you see, by laying that foundational layer mm-hmm. of internet connectivity mm-hmm. then kaboom yeah. so many other you know over the top uh, services and facilities can be created or can be used based on that but yeah we can't yeah the the, the oh, it's difficult to do everything yeah. but i i i know for sure at least totally something for, for specific yeah. no i i appreciate it that's that's a good one i've actually just started looking them up so thank you for that go ahead patience we've been discussing sort of you know tech being a new wave within our continent, you know, compared to our kind of our counterparts. And we've been discussing how women are underrepresented within, you know, tech everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. but w- within our continent mm-hmm. as well. And the fact that STEM is something that at a young age, a lot of, you know, African girls aren't exposed to unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, you know, mm-hmm. so I would like to know, um, as a continent, like how can we like foster and build, like, what is the, what is the current challenge that is really creating this sort of large gap? And then how can we as a continent really foster the next generation of like female, you know, scientists and, you know, and tech, tech enthusiasts? I think one of the easiest ways, and I've thought about this question a lot because um, through the years I've had different views mm. on this particular question. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think right now the easiest thing to do is just be role models mm. because a lot of the role models we see um, or the role models for like the Gen Z's mm-hmm. um, very, you would say that, of course, I mean, you can be any, anything you want, mm-hmm. right? But I think we need to have more women or more people tell their stories and be more yes. present. Um, I think so it's just a call out to anyone who is passionate about their job. Mm. Just talk to people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like hang out with your nieces and nephews and you know go to a school go, go to your your former high school and and, and mm. so uh, we need to have more people seeing role models who are doing stuff they love to yeah. do and those role models look like mm-hmm. them yeah i think that's the primary way to mm. do it there are very many programs and i've had a, you know so many programs focused on getting more women into stem mm-hmm. So I think that has been done. I, I will not sit here and say that we're doing nothing. Mm. As a continent, as companies, we're doing quite a mm. lot. Of course, it's still not possible to get to every single person. Right. And then there are other factors that are beyond a gender, um, you know, a gender dichotomy. It could be that it could be cont- socioeconomical, mm. Cultural, so many other governments come into place. So uh, it's not ask me. Government, <laughs> government, exactly. So it's not a simplistic. It's not a simple solution mm. to get more women into them. It's not just about having more scholarships for women to go to. Mm. It's not as mm. that. Um, and I think that's one thing we need to remember. But also, I think sometimes I think um, there's. You know, you can push people into getting into somewhere mm-hmm. because you want to have this 50-50 number, which I think is a falsehood. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I mean, sitting somewhere and saying we have 50 women, 50% women and male. I, first of all, in 2023, 
we're not they're multiple genders mm-hmm. right we're recognizing that we're not just two genders mm-hmm. so it, it's it's not i don't think it, i don't think we should we should go towards equality i think we should go towards equity mm, and equity means on it. that what you want to do what you want to yeah. do will push you forward mm. so all women should be in stem but i don't think we should just reduce it to a numbers right i would say why are the women in stem not doing their best so that to mm. me is the bigger problem mm. right because you can have three women in stem mm. who are holding the world mm. Mm. but are they mm-hmm. we don't need women to be 50 50 with men for them to make a contribution right. stop it we being reduced to it's that a good point. we just need the ones in stem to do the most so why are they not yeah. doing mm-hmm. the most so i think that's something i, I want to put my energies more towards mm. instead of trying to push more minutes stem i i think i'm not i'm not necessarily trying to push more minutes stem i'm trying to get the women in stem to do much mm. more so then i can and i need role models mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not where i want to be i need role models honestly more women honestly like can you know aunt know and learn about more women yeah. who are doing magnificent mm-hmm. things right. right now when advent of artificial intelligence i want to see more ai engineers yes. not the ones who created a tiny piece of code but the ones who have helped us like literally go to a new mm-hmm. level when it comes mm-hmm. to right. ai mm-hmm. so those are the ones now why are they not there? yeah mm-hmm. to have you here kagonya <laughs> and to not talk you 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 mentioned it in passing but to not talk about chat gpt in the year of our lord 2023 would be a sin i i as a techie that would be the biggest scene that we would have done in this whole podcast because one i am extremely fascinated because you work at microsoft microsoft is well known kagonya is not selling any secrets uh to have made a huge investment in open ai um now we also have the advent of chat gpt and i just watched the application of chat gpt with bing um and uh what my mind yeah. was blown um Thank and you. so what are your thoughts i will take any and all thoughts i do not want to make this very highbrow where we're like and now this is the mechanics okay. of it all but like if you can talk to what is chat gpt just because i never want to leave anyone behind right what is chat gpt what is mm-hmm. open ai how is microsoft looking to implement them what do you as kagonya see and i know i continually ask you multiple questions so don't worry take them as you can i will always come back <laughs> um but i'm just so fascinated by your perspective because you're not giving your i used to be a tech consultant perspective you're giving your i went to school for this uh perspective i work in this field perspective which is why i think it will be valuable for our listeners great so if we take a step mm-hmm. back why this is exciting and uh the reason i have to respond to that question is because i know that in so many circles even in our own whatsapp family mm-hmm. for talk about chat and is it going to take our jobs mm-hmm. and what is mm-hmm. this and yada 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 very great um, interesting conversation but why this is a big deal is because chat gpt represents a huge huge advancement in how we will be interacting with machines mm. So before 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 on a similar level um at least from my like my lens of how or, or the work from my work mm. before this was graphical user interfaces so that was when we started having windows you know before windows before that we had we used to type um, I don't know if you guys ever remember the black screen mm-hmm. MS-DOS mm-hmm. 
Yep. I know it's a, it's a tell a bit of a yep. I feel about ages here, but yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't come for me. Don't come for me. I still look twenty five. Don't come for me. I know. <laughs> I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> you know. So first we had MS DOS, and that's how we used to interact with the machine. Mm-hmm. You write a whole bunch of code, and you had to memorize what. So something like copy. I, I don't even remember what I used to type in, but I know it was a lot of typing and you have to memorize some certain lines of code mm-hmm. for you to get something out of your computer then thank god we moved into when you know graphical user interfaces so now you can click and then a box shows up and then you can move something into a folder and recycle bin and you can open and type into a window so basically now it became more visible right. yeah less of having to memorize a line of code for you to talk to your machine now it was now it was now more visual mm-hmm. and we've stayed there for long of course there's been many many advancements mm-hmm. but now what you're doing is that we're moving closer to natural user interfaces mm-hmm. so we've moved from graphical user interfaces now we're moving closer to natural mm-hmm. user interfaces this research has been done for long right so like say for me as a researcher i've been always wanting something like chat mm-hmm. but now the technology behind it or the computing behind that and the the need the ai behind that of course takes much longer than say my research and my design into mm-hmm. that right so now it's here yeah. right it's here it's commercialized everybody can use yeah. it so that's a huge step. Mm. why it's huge is because now you'll need to learn less for you to talk to your computer okay or for you to get the best out of the computer mm-hmm. and i use computer loosely yeah. here basically what i'm trying to say is that for you to do um complex things that the computer does, it will need less of you as a human being to to know things beforehand. Right. You won't have to, you know, write code for you to get the best out of right. stuff. You won't have to learn Microsoft Excel for you to instruct it to do something, right? You won't have to um, maybe, you know, read 10 chapters for you to get a summary of that right. book. Now we are telling the computer with its, uh, you know, its ability to, to, you know, it's computing power mm-hmm. to do these big roles and big functions for you. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is speak to it mm-hmm. like a person. So natural user interfaces allow us to talk to the computer the same way you talk to a person. You know, and now we're starting with now typing, the same way to have a conversation with you right now, with you guys right now, or speaking. So that's what ChatGPT represents. Now, there are many others. There's, you know, like DALI um, that allows you now to tell to tell the program, I can tell it, hey, I want you to create for me a picture mm-hmm. of three, you know, three ladies on a podcast, and it will generate a picture for oh, you. Oh wow! So we're yeah, we're talking into these um, programs, and they're generating things to us. Before, if you do not know how to draw or paint Sam. or do something to, you know, <laughs> to create this picture, then sorry, that is all me. That so is not we, my anointing. Yes. I'm not an usher in any of those departments. You know. Mm-mm. You know, and so it's allowing people to come as they are mm-hmm. and get the benefit of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, like I, you could be maybe um, a farmer who is not computer literate, but you can speak and you'll speak into a computer and you'll say, excuse me, computer, I want you to advise me on what I should do with my sorghum. And you'll get the best advice. The sorghum for, you know, sorghum in this region, you need to do this and do that, plant this, plant that, buy fertilizer from here at the best price. So you're using this computing power that um, technology has 
and you're gleaming the best benefits as a human because we've made it easier for you to, to interact and to get mm -hmm. that information. Mm -hmm. So in, in summary, that, that's why ChatGPT is an example of how exciting this is. We've made a huge step towards natural user interfaces. So what are we doing? Of course, we are very excited. I personally am very, very excited about this. Um, and, and I can see how this can, this is already a game changer in many ways. Now, to answer the question where everyone asks, is it coming from my job? <laughs> you know, is, is chat and all others, are they coming from my job? Um, <laughs> I know that's a very tough question. And I think it reminds me, you know, of, of, of the days when, uh, you know, we thought the calculator would steal the jobs of all accountants. Yeah. But now accountants are using calculators, mm -hmm. right? So I love that analogy. So it will create new jobs, right? Jobs which you've never heard of. Um, I think the other day I saw something like a robot psychologist. I'm sorry, and I was what? like, well, damn. I know. I don't even know what that is, but that's a role that's going to wow. come into form, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to start to see these new roles and new jobs. But I think what is exciting to me, most exciting to me, um, is that it the the computer will be here to take away the mundane and leave us with stuff that's more social and relational and human. So in a way, the more intelligent the computer becomes, the more it allows us to be human, mm -hmm. whatever that means, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of these admin and, and mundane roles that we find not so interesting, we can delegate mm -hmm. to our helper, right. our helper, the computer. Mm -hmm. Then we can focus on the things that are exciting, impactful, relational, right. social, um, contributory, mm -hmm. um, you know, physical yeah. and doing we can focus yeah. on that so that's how i approach um the advent of chat gpt of course there are examples where students are using it to write complete essays and doing their mm -hmm. homework and all i think going to my brother's a freshman at <laughs> And he is very excited about ChatGPT. He said, girl, it's going to solve like my equations. It's going to write my essays. I said, my God, my parents are paying yeah. real people's money. And you're about to tell ChatGPT Chat to just... Ah, my, I said, I said, to do everything. I was, I was partially jealous because I was like, damn, I could have used that for my master's. Mm -hmm. I definitely could have used the number of papers I wrote. I could have used that. But still, this is, this is a real life use case of like... Well, what, how, how yes. do we even check? I know in, I, I saw a, an article about American high schools and I worried that, you know, students are not going to be create, like handing in their own work because mm -hmm. there's no, mm -hmm. there's no system to check that this is in chat GPT generated work and this is your work as a person. So girl, talk about it. Yeah, but okay. no, actually there are systems to check, but I think also it will mean that you cannot sit there mm -hmm. as the world is changing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, it will now force the education um, systems, systems yeah. to rethink what are we teaching, teaching? Yeah. yeah, and how are we teaching, and then how is it helping people? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it, it, it's going to have us rethink, and you know we'll collaborate to rethink this and see how what then does that mean in figuring out how we do the way we what we do and why we do what we do. I actually see more jobs being around fun stuff like travel mm. experiences mm. um you know learning basketry pottery there'll be so much more there'll be so many more jobs that are going to be outside sitting in front of a screen because having yeah having technology do some of the work for you will force you to live 
live life mm -hmm. and then find jobs in that life and then do more things yeah. so i i see this as a great thing because it, it's it's kind of like i think to me it's like the pandemic the pandemic really forced us to think oh yeah this work-life balance thing right we need to get yeah. that figured out and look what it did many companies have figured out hybrid way of working right we don't measure work by just sitting how checking in nine to yeah. five anymore yeah. it's about what yes and we needed that to happen like a decade ago 20 mm -hmm, years mm -hmm. ago but we're forced into right. it so i'm excited to see what else will chat gpt and other similar programs force us to rethink and to do maybe it's something we should have done you know oh my god this has been such a insightful conversation i know in the beginning I, I i you know i had to expose myself and i let everybody know this was above my pay grade i did not graduate graduate oh, from school of geniuses <laughs> but i think you know i've no. been able to, to to really um garner so much knowledge and insight and just to know that we have excellent women just dynamic women like you like leading that yeah. way i mean the future, the, our future looks really bright, you know, and the world likes to sleep on us, but please do not sleep on Africa, Africa, because we coming, like, yeah. we are coming, we um, and I, yeah. for all the little, like, all the little Congonias of, like, Africa, I know they're going to be inspired, mm -hmm. whether from Mozambique to Liberia to Zimbabwe yeah. to South Africa, like, this is the goal for yeah. them to dream beyond their borders and yeah. understand that whatever vision that they have as young girls, they can see it come through with the confidence and the self-assurance that they, they need. We like to end our show by really emphasizing on this uh, uh, statement. A lot of times, you know, Benja and I are always asked at a series of ends, where are the women? And we always yeah. say this, women are here. The African women yeah. have never left. Yeah. We've always yeah. been here. We are the ones that's driving this. We are the ones that are, that are pushing the envelope of science. We are the ones that are the front lines of really amplifying the importance and the critical role that our continent play. And Reason of End seeks to really create that space and that platform for not just for us to talk our shit, but for, for people to also understand that African women are not anyone to play with. You understand? Mm -hmm. Not today, not tomorrow, not never. Period. On behalf of our team, we want to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time. We know how busy you are. Um, so we appreciate you taking the time to really impart some knowledge with us and our audience, our listeners. And before we end, is there, do you, would you like to share your social media handles um, in case people want to connect with you and learn more um, about some of the things that you're working on and even mentorship opportunities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, so Kagonya Awuri on LinkedIn is how you can find me. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I can't say that I'm there quite a lot. I used to be active on Twitter, then I just kind of slacked off. So, <laughs> but if you even search for Kagonya Awuri on Twitter, I'll be there. Um, I, I'm also on Twitter. I keep my Instagram private, so I don't mm -hmm. think um, it would be, uh, be useful to share that one. But yeah, LinkedIn, I get quite a few people who approach me on LinkedIn. Um, quite a few of them have become um, my mentees. And so it's pretty cool. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll accommodate you depending on my calendar, of course. But even just a conversation, it's something that I'm really welcome. I, I, I welcome people to have a conversation with me. And I learn a lot from people, guys. Like, I'm not, I can, I'm not where I want to be. Ooh. So you can help me get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I need you. I need okay. you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, 
that that hit me two ways i was like if you're not where you need to be girl how much more but then i was like oh my god but if you really had said that you were where you wanted to be we might not even be friends because like uh -huh. i just deal with bosses you know I, what i'm saying i deal with people who are like <laughs> I'm trying to do the next 15 different things and I'm just hey, trying to see how to make exactly. it in 24 hours. So we, we still cool. We still, you still check out. We still check out. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah. again. And, you know, tell, tell all our congregation and Saints, Saints member in Kenya, we said, what's up? <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. Another African woman showing us that we are all a series of ends. So go on and be all you can be. Bye. We've added show notes below for our differently abled listeners to enjoy. Or if there was something you missed, you can definitely find them in the description box below. If you enjoyed our podcast, make sure to share and engage with us on social media at a series of ends across all social platforms. For all collaborations, media and partnerships, inquiries, find our information in the description box below.